All right. Mic check real quick, just to make sure we're good. Oh, yeah. Mic check one, two. <laughs> <laughs> I got some Twizzlers in my mouth. <laughs> All right. You know what? We're going to use that. We're not starting over. <laughs> oh, man. Well, well it, it did taste good. So That's good. That's all that matters. Um, happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. Uh, today, we have the legendary... Legendary Swallow. Yeah. <laughs> Legendary Swallow. Really, really good friend of mine. Um, we're going to be doing a, an amazing podcast together. We're going to be having our own podcast, but we're just using this episode as a, uh, as a test run. So um, if you end up hearing this, if this ends up getting posted, um, enjoy. Uh, Swallow, how's your week been? First of all, I got to commend. That was a great intro. I like the legendary part. <laughs> You're gonna do great. You're gonna do great things. So you gotta start embracing. Hey man, you gotta I gotta embrace. I gotta embrace the positive energy. My yes. week, my week is great. Um, you know, it's what well, today is Wednesday. Uh, can't complain. Life is good. Uh, every time I wake up and I'm able to be ambitious and you know go for the shoot for the stars is always a yeah. good day. So that's good. It's so funny because uh, I remember how we we first met. Um, when I used to work out, mm -hmm. well, we don't work at the same gym anymore, but no. we used to work at the same gym. You're hiding from me. That's I used to see this guy. I'm like, who's this tall guy, this tall guy energy that keeps walking past me? He can't be looking good. I'm, I'm the one. <laughs> <laughs> this gym. Dude, I do this. I do the exact same thing to people. For, like when I see people who are tall, which is like yeah. once a year. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, this, this gym belongs to me. I can't, I can't have any competition. And then after like, hey man. <laughs> That's why you. That's why you left the gym, huh? That's right. <laughs> I don't see you anymore. The, actually, she made me leave the gym. Nah, you were like this man. Thanks to her. <laughs> um, but yeah, I ended up walking up to you, and then we started talking, and the rest is history. Yeah, man. Like you had positive energy. Oh, thank you. I was like, who is this tall guy coming to me? Is he trying to scrap? <laughs> but no, obviously. Uh, Actually, you know, it's funny. People don't walk up to people anymore at the gym. Because you know, I was just talking. I was just talking yeah. about that in general. Like yeah. it's it's weird now when pe I think actually you and I were talking about that. Yeah. Like it's weird now when people just even just say anything to you. It's dude, like you feel I, like why are you talking to me, dude? I was walking to go throw trash and I said hi to this person. He almost fainted. He was like, oh mm. snap! Like yeah. am, I, am I in trouble? I'm like, dude, I'm just saying hi. Like yeah, you're literally walking past me. Yeah, this trash is about to fall in your face. Right, right. I gotta say hi to make sure you're aware. Yeah, and he just was like shook. Yeah, so. it's something I've noticed too, um, and even even I'm guilty of it when people talk to me, uh, like in elevators or just in passing. It's you pull out the funnels, huh? Well, not even that. It's just it's surprising to me, and it's funny because when I think about how like it was growing up, it was just normal. Like you just oh, see yeah. see strangers, you say hi, you talk. You dude, I was sitting at this place where we we're like waiting to get like my brother and I went somewhere like a couple weeks ago. We we're waiting to get seen, and we're just sitting. And we're, him and I were chatting, but we had to sit like maybe two people apart. But we didn't, we're having a great conversation. We didn't want to stop talking. Yeah. So we're talking within like maybe like six, seven people in the room and we're having a conversation. But everybody's literally looking so uncomfortable. Like, why are these people talking? Yeah. Like, they're supposed to be on their phones. Like, why is he talking? <laughs> yeah. It was, and I was like, you know what? Let's go back right before we had smartphones. People, when you were, were out seeing other human beings, you had to interact. There yeah. was nothing. It was actually weird and odd if you sat down and said nothing. You're like, why is that person not saying anything? Yeah. But now it's like the opposite where 
when you talk, it's like, why is this person talking? Yeah, like, talking to me. Why aren't you me, yeah. on your phone scrolling through Instagram? Yeah. Because that's BS. I, I don't, I don't. Do you think, and I, we briefly had this conversation a couple of days ago um, offline, but and my sentiment was, I think it's only going to get worse. 100%. Like when you consider social media Dude. and newer technologies that are going to be coming out in the near future. 100%. And, you know, there's more distractions. The algorithm is getting stronger. Um, so this this obviously this is this is pretty much the genesis of of today yeah you know like i i uh i feel strongly about society i care about society because it's one thing to to like you know we all get to a good place like you know you and i are, I, I would like to believe we're in a good place you get to a good place and you're like okay i'll, I'll let them I'll let the people go do their thing over there but you know you can if a person is eating is eating very good and everyone around him is poor they're gonna break into the house and steal all your food. Yeah. So you have to make sure that you do for yourself, but you also do for the community. Yeah. And th- this is where I feel like the community needs help, even mm. if they don't realize it. Yeah. And so like I, I do care about people, and I care about having a good environment. Yeah. And I want to make sure that you know whatever I can do to have a positive influence in any shape, way, or form, I want to I want to do it because yeah. I care about people too much. I, yeah. I want to go out and dance. Not just by myself, but dance with everybody, have a good time. Yeah. My sister, I don't know if I told you this. She was uh she went to uh, Lovers and Friends with Usher. That's yeah, you told me. Oh, yeah, yeah, you told me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I was telling like, so we had she went to this concert in Vegas. She was on her Instagram story. I watched her story. And I'm like, oh man, Usher, I can't wait to go see her story. Let me go see Chris Brown yeah. doing his thing. Let me see Usher, because I'm a dancer. I like to dance, FYI. So if we ever go on video, I might have to bust some yeah. moves. <laughs> uh, but I like to dance, so I'm like, okay, let me see what Usher's gonna do. I'm sure it was popping, and then we and I go watch her story, and all I see is people standing, not even doing a head bob, just literally their phones out. Yeah. Usher and Chris Brown in the middle of breaking it down. It's like the the best part of the dance, and nobody's vibing. They just literally have their phones out. I'm like, are they actually having fun? Yeah, because that doesn't look fun to me, you know. Absolutely. And so, and so we're now we're no longer as present as we need to be. We need to be more present in the real world. But yeah, like I said, everything is the algorithm is getting stronger. We want to be present in the digital world to show the world what people exactly the life that they're living and missing the literal the, the nuance in the moment by you paying attention and putting the phone down. There's nuance exactly. in the moment that you're missing. No, I, you know? I fully agree, and it's something that I've kind of actually struggled with in the past, like trying to balance capturing memories and mm-hmm. also trying to be in a moment as well mm-hmm. and i've just always noticed that um usually when i i make an effort to capture memories i end up not being present mm. and it's something that that's i like how you say it say that again <laughs> <laughs> when i make an effort to actually capture memories and make sure that i'm i can like look back and like man i did that it takes away from me being present mm. so there's been so many countries i've been to where well, not so many, but there's been a few I've been to where I'm like, all right, I'm going to take this trip. I'm going to make sure I capture as much memories as possible because um, in the past, I wasn't like that. I would just always love just going and be present. And I would go on these trips and I wouldn't have anything to show for it. Right. And um, a couple years passed by and I'm like, OK, let me start making an effort to actually mm-hmm. capture memories. And, 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 and this is the, this is I'm also guilty of the same thing where like. You know, I go places and I'm so caught up in being in the moment that, you know, I only have my memory to look back as reference for that moment. So 
I think there is a place for us to be on our phones to really truly just capture that moment yeah. and, and try to min- minimize it and be present because it, it is fun to look back and yeah. say, this is what I did. So um, when we use our technology and our phones that way, where we, like you said, try to find that balance between yeah. being present and not, you know, and then getting into the you know, posting stuff online or posting for yourself. Yeah. I think that there's a beautiful thing in being having a balanced approach. Yeah. But and the reason I, I told that story was because I, I was trying to it was, a, it was a go around or not a go around, but it was I was trying to tell a story with that because what I learned um, was over time I started realizing, am I really taking these photos for me or am I taking mm. it to, to show off? And to send to friends or to post to Instagram. And what I did was I did an experiment. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I took a trip. It was like four or five or six countries I went to. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm going to take as many photos as possible just to capture these memories. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to post them. Mm-hmm. And that was a very teaching moment for me. Because what that taught me was all those years, I wasn't really taking photos to capture memories because in hindsight I would, wouldn't even look at them mm-hmm. I was taking them to show the world that I was traveling mm. and once I accepted that truth mm-hmm. within myself I realized that this balance I was trying to seek like it was just it wasn't even real mm. I was just doing these things subconsciously to say hey look at me I'm mm. here look at me look at how cool I am I'm here I'm in mm. one day I'm in Japan next day I'm in you Greece next day I'm in Paris next day I'm in London and I convinced myself that I was doing it to capture memories, mm. but in reality, I wasn't. I was just trying to show how cool so, I was. So you said you never like really went back to look back at your pictures. So, so one thing I I, I realized mm. when I was you know capturing these memories mm. was I'd be posting them on Instagram, but I wasn't actually looking at them. Like I wasn't scrolling through my phone like months or weeks right, or years right, later, right, saying, right. "Man, that was so cool. That was so cool." Right. It's like I do my trip, post on. it on Instagram. And that's where it ends. Got it. And that's when I really realized that I wasn't really, I wasn't doing it for, doing it for me. Yeah. I was, I was doing it for right. adulation. I, I got this. So I got a very. Uh... And since then, I stopped posting. Oh yeah. I stopped posting, and I made it a point to travel and take as many photos as possible, and not post them. And it was the weirdest experience ever because I'm like, hmm. I have all these photos. Hmm. Like I want to show so much. So how did you handle it? How, how have you handled it now? Like, how do you feel now that, so you don't take pictures anymore when you go or you, or you, you do. I, st- it's, it's, it's a balance, but I, I, I mostly just focus on being present mm-hmm. because I've noticed that when I'm present, I don't need photos. And I think there's a balance. Like, I'm not saying that you should probably never take, take photos. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying that if you're going to be taking photos, at the very least, ask yourself why. Mm, you know, like question. if you're going to make a post on Instagram yeah. back to social media, yeah. ask yourself why. Like, yeah. why are you posting that? Yeah. Like, are you really posting that for yourself? Are you posting that for others? If you didn't get, if you got one like on that photo, how would, you, how would that make, how it, that how make that, you feel? How would that make you feel? How would that make you feel? You know, I got a thought-provoking question for you. My son asked me the other day, we're driving, and I was like rushing to get back to work so I can go do some stuff at work and blah, blah, blah. It's like, what would you do if you you were the only person on earth? And I was so confused by that question because my essence that I think I'm doing things, you know, on a large scale, Mm. the businesses I want to start, all the things that I want to do, if there was nobody else in the world, I wouldn't do a damn thing Mm. because there's no consumer. So... I think fundamentally we are all doing things for other people to a certain degree. 
there's a certain degree that's unhealthy where it's like, okay, you got to live, do things for yourself because you're just then doing things for other, you're a people pleaser or you're doing things because you care about the people around you and you just want to do things for yourself too. And so I'm going to ask you if you were the only person on earth, which is, which is not real, but (laughs) let's return for a second. What would you do? Like, would you do things exactly the same like you're doing today? I would. I would. Because through that process that I just mm-hmm. explained to you, I've grown and I've grown to realize that I can be the coolest person in the room, but nobody has to know that. Mm. And part of that journey is just growing mm-hmm. and understanding who you are and most importantly, accepting who you are, mm. you know? And I think before I learned all these things, um, I was just subconsciously um, wanted people to be like aware mm-hmm. of who I was, mm-hmm. where I was, all the cool shit I was doing. Mm-hmm. And now like it doesn't, I don't, I don't care, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And if anything, it's made me more protective um, of my life, mm-hmm. which is interesting because in doing that makes people more curious. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's just like, I, I, I don't, I don't feel like I have anything to prove. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and I think for a lot of us, we can like learn a lot from that. Just realizing and always asking ourselves, why am I, do- why am I doing this? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, most I feel I think I don't know this for a fact, but I would like to, based on my observation, I would I would say that I've seen a lot of people, and I've interacted with a lot of people, and the people who tend to do things um, for who are more active on social and who are you know what she just described, they are not as confident in themselves. So they're looking for some kind of approval. And, you know, I was talking to this person the other day. She's a dance instructor and she, she's been teaching dance for a while. But she's noticed now that the people who are like the Gen Zs, right? Is that the newest generation, the Gen Zs? Gen Zs, okay. yeah. The Gen Z, she tells them, look in front of the mirror and give yourself a compliment. But they're unable to because they have no filter on. So it's, mm. it's actually difficult for them to look at themselves in the mirror and be positive. There's always a filter. There's always social media. And so I think that's a fundamental thing where you're not even able to give yourself a compliment. That's, yeah. that's telling of you, you would see that that person would then always be on social or on the phone looking for approval because they don't have that confidence in themselves. Yeah. And, and honestly, I wouldn't blame them. Uh, sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off. I was no. going to let you finish. But I wouldn't even blame them because a lot of it is induced by society. Mm-hmm. You know, we live in a society that promotes unhealthy behavior mm-hmm. whether it's social media whether it's instagram whether mm-hmm. it's tiktok like we re- and we also reward that behavior mm-hmm. right you can see i don't know you can come across an amazing girl's page on mm-hmm. instagram she could be the coolest down to earth smart intelligent all these things right she posts a really cool photo about i don't know something she's doing that day you might get 30 likes mm-hmm. she the same girl posts a photo in her bikini <laughs> there you go and and we we all know how this works yeah. right so we reward, we've created a society now where like we reward um, behavior that's not really even conducive to having a healthy impression of who you are, you know? Do you think that this is naturally how we are or do you think that it's induced by society? I think it's, I think, I think it's a combination of both in a sense. Um, human beings, we, I think naturally veer towards attention. Right. So if, if you're in a room and there's 10 people 
and there's one person that you see everybody like going up to, like, hey, how you been? You want to go talk to you, that person. You want to go talk to that person. Or at the very least, you're like, hmm. Who's that guy? Who's that guy? Or at the very least, you're like, I wish I was that guy or I wish I was that girl. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And again, that's where the self-confidence comes in. Like, I've gotten to a point where it's like, I don't feel the need to, again, be the center of attention. I don't feel the need to um, be in every conversation. Mm-hmm. I don't feel the need to show the world how cool I am or how much money I have or like the cool place I went last week, the cool country, whatever it mm-hmm. is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't feel that need anymore. And to get to that point, you just have to put a lot of work into yourself. And again, everything is takes balance. You know, one, one thing I'd say is I think it's also a reflection of values, your values, right? So if I don't think I'm valuable, if I think I'm less than, if I think, if I don't view myself highly, then the things that I would, the, the amount of value that I put in myself and what I put my attention in is going to be reflective of that. And so, for example, for myself, I like to, I, I, I'm confident, I, I, I value what I do, I believe in my abilities, you know, how I make my living. So I don't actually need to have I I live my life casually as far as like I'm not looking for extra attention to give me motivation. I'm not looking for extra boost in approval from other people to catapult me or push me to, mm. you know, the heights that I want to achieve. I feel confident in myself. I think as a society, we've moved away from teaching people real skills that they actually have confidence in what they do. Mm. If you don't have confidence in what you do, you're going to find the loopholes and shortcuts and trying to figure out how to get the attention because you don't know. I think it's a, it's a lack of self-value. Mm. I think there's a correlation there. I don't know yeah. how, how we can connect the dots, but I know there's a, I feel like there's a co- correlation between how you value yourself and your confidence in which your value is. Mm. And let's even talk about definitions. If we ask people this question, what is your value? Uh, how do you, what values, what do you add to society? I don't want to make it so, um, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like questioning them. But if you just ask a simple, like, what do you, what is your contribution to society? Can a lot of people answer that? Mm. And if they did, what would, what do you think it would lean to? You know, I think it would be more people who lean towards entertainment, how they entertain, like, oh, I'm a singer, oh, I'm this. Like, nothing where there's actual value in the sense of this person has the skill to do why yeah. and boost the, the environment they're in beyond entertainment. I think entertainment is great. Don't get me wrong. I think I love entertainment. There's definitely a space for entertainment, but I think we're grooming a society that does not that's moving away from actual skills and valuable things beyond entertainment. We that's can't a, all be yeah. entertainers. That's a really good point, actually. Um, and that's, that's a really, really good point because, and it's 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 a tough question or topic to actually um, tackle, Navigate. just yeah. because. There's a lot of people that are, like we might trigger people like that's. I feel like a lot of people would be um, in that category of, like okay, I'll tell you why I'm saying this. One of my friends came visiting me. I was working. I was on call. I was telling people these are the things and these are the stats and da 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 da. He's like, dude, you actually know what you're talking about you actually know your work and i was looking at him confused like don't you <laughs> like mm. why is that even a question is aren't we all supposed to know our work right. are we supposed to know what we're supposed to do yeah and he's like no like that's not how it is for me like he wings it most people are winging their work now i think i'll go a step further most people are winging life oh i, I agree 
And I don't think it's their fault. Yeah. I, and that's what I was the point I was trying to make earlier and why I feel like it's it's a hard topic to tackle because life is so hard, you know, and we live in a world where we all even though we're we're in one on one planet, each of our lives we're living in our own planet. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is if something happens to someone, let's say somebody somebody's mother dies. Mm-hmm. There's no way that their pain and sorrow can be transferred to you. So it doesn't matter what they're going through inside. Their world could literally be crumbling. They could feel suicidal. Yeah. But you'd never know. Or they could talk to you about it and you can talk them through and you can feel empathy Empathy. for them. Yeah. But the next day you're at the club partying or like living your life. Instagram where you laugh at a joke, right? Yeah. Or like you're an hour later you're on Instagram looking at puppy video. Like you're not. (laughs) And and that's, that's just reality. Yeah. So when we live in a world that's so hard that we have to fight for everything we have mm-hmm. not everybody has an equal support system mm-hmm. um how do you have the luxury to think about well what's my contribution to society mm. it's like you're so busy just trying to get mm. by every day yeah that's a very good point and that's why from my perspe- mm-hmm. perspective it's a hard topic to tackle because there's so many what there are what now seven eight billion people on this planet almost every single person is just like just trying to Get by. Get by. Yeah. You know, how many, what percentage of the world is like, doesn't have to think about the next day or the next week or the next month or the next year, like maybe 0.1%, maybe 1% at mm-hmm. the most. Mm-hmm. So most people are just, just Surviving. trying to survive, just trying to survive. Yeah. So I think the idea of what is my contribution to society, that's a luxury. It's a, yeah, it's a luxury. It's that's a luxury. luxury. It's, a, it's the last thing. Well, I wouldn't say it's the last thing, but it's not the top of mind. Exactly. Only that 1% mm-hmm. that we're talking about mm-hmm. get to have that luxury of saying, okay, I've made it. Mm-hmm. I can actually, or I'm in a place where I can actually contribute to mm-hmm. society. So how do, you, how do we fix that? How do we, how do we get people? I mean, obviously, we have, First of all, inflation needs to go down. That's yeah. how you fix that. <laughs> but but how do you fix that? How do you, you know, encourage people and give them hope? Honestly, I used to think that it's something that we could fix, and I'm not trying to come at. You think it's fixable? I don't think it's fixable because I think there are always going to be people that rise to the top. Mm. And people that don't, for whatever reason, mm-hmm. it could be the the hands they were dealt. Mm-hmm. It could be maybe you were born to a super rich white or mm-hmm. super rich black or Indian or whatever family, mm-hmm. and the there's a kid that lives in a different city that was born in 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 the hood, or mm-hmm. he was born with no parent, not mm-hmm. born with no parents. <laughs> <laughs> he was given up for adoption as a kid. He's Superman, right? <laughs> Even Superman had parents. Um, he was maybe given up for adoption as a kid, and his whole life, yeah. instead of working towards building himself up, trying to um, conquer and accomplish and contribute to society, mm-hmm. now he spends his whole life wondering, "Why did my parents give me up?" Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So it's like not everybody starts from the same starting same point. So I've. But you know, I I was telling you know people I, I did it chemistry I'm, I don't want to go too far back to my to my mental map about chemistry yeah. <laughs> but I know what catalysts were catalysts mm-hmm. were there to energize things that were already there I think it was enzymes in the in the cases that I did back in in high school but there needs to be something to catalyze people mm-hmm. to 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 be better right we're yeah. all capable of being catalyzed to be the best versions of ourselves mm-hmm. Wait, are, are we though I think we are 
and and the best version of yourself does not always mean we're equal in the sense that we're just, it doesn't it doesn't make it equal for everyone to um like you know get the same opportunities or to have the same outcome but i think that if we were able to catalyze people to the sense where for example someone who is catalyzed to be the best uh I'm going, to, I'm going to go with entertainment one example. Okay. Let's say Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson or Whitney Houston. So Michael Jackson, like when he was five, if his dad, I know his dad was a little hard. Maybe that's yeah. a bad example. But, yeah. but <laughs> Michael Jackson was actually catalyzed, extremely catalyzed by his dad. Mm. And that's what made him great. If he, But that's, that's also what ruined his life. It, that's what ruined his life. Mm. And because it was extreme. It was an extreme case of being catalyzed. It was his dad just, you know, went overboard. He had no, no love. No, no use, yeah. no love. And so... It was that's a that's a bad example. That's a bad way to catalyze. That's a bad way to energize a person because it's not a balanced approach. Everything in life, I think, needs to have a balanced approach. When there's a when there's more balance, there's more peace, and you know, and then you don't have this FOMO with another aspect of your life. If, for example, if all I did was sit in front of a computer all day and work, aka that's what I do. But, yeah. <laughs> but I but I try to mix it up a little bit here and there. If I didn't mix it up a little bit, I would be i'll be insane because i'm getting no outlets to express myself in other ways i think we're not just a one we're not just a one we don't we don't just do one thing at a time we're able to be complex we're, human beings are not just in black and white you know in the sense of do this or do that we're very complex things are very intertwined and so when you try to make things very extreme when you don't have a balanced approach you're literally like going against our natural ability like our, our complexity and so you're simplifying our complexity. And I think we would always, human beings would always fight to express themselves in other ways, whether it's positive, negative, good, bad, doesn't matter. We're going to find another way to express yourself if you're so, if you're put in a box and confined. Michael Jackson was put in the box and said, do this dance and sing and do nothing yeah. else. And then he went to go make the opposite. You know, there's cones and rods in the eyes. I'm not a biologist. I don't know anything about the body, but I know that. Yes, cones and rods. And I took this class where they said, if you look at a red object for a long time and you stare at this red object and you look away, forget what color you see, if it's green or blue, but you see the exact opposite of the color that was being suppressed. Yeah. So everything that gets suppressed is just waiting to be, to over-index. Yeah. It's just waiting to, once that opportunity comes, it's going to over-index. Yeah. And so when you look at it that way, that's a natural occurrence in the body then if that's natural, then everything else about us would, I believe, have that same natural response. If I over-index on dancing and, and saying you can't be a kid, aka Michael Jackson, when he's a grown man, he's the biggest kid. Yeah, that's, that's, a, great, that's a great analogy, yeah. yeah. Now, that's, that's true. That's, that's very, very, very true. Um, and this is a fun conversation. <laughs> <laughs> we, just got, we started and we just jumped in. No, this is good. Um, one thing I also wanted to touch on was the uh, actual a conversation we had a couple days ago um, about Ebony K. Williams and her Ooh. statement. And Ooh, this conversation gets me excited. Yeah, and uh, I'll actually let you explain um, what happened, and then we can kind of dive deep and okay. And, and I'm gonna talk about it. I'm gonna try to explain this the best as I can. Okay, so I was watching The Breakfast Club, and. Uh, for those who don't know The Breakfast Club, I think we all know The Breakfast Club. It's Charlemagne. They talk about social issues and sometimes politics. Um, <clears throat> so watching this show, I watched. I, I got a clip of her saying, she was talking to this lady, I forget her name, and 
Ayana, Ayana, I think that was her name. And she's an older lady. She's, you know, more, she's more experienced in life. She's seen different generations. I think she's, you know, wise. And whatever, they're having a conversation about spiritual stuff. And then all of a sudden she asks her, would you date a bus driver? Mm-hmm. It's, a personal, her, it's a personal question. It's her own opinion. Would you date a bus driver? Everyone has what they would date, right? If they say, would you date a, you know, I don't know. If asked me if I would date some things, I may not agree with what people would say that what, the, what people would date. But they asked her, "Would you date a bus driver?" She says, uh, "If he owned the bus." At the moment, I didn't see anything wrong with that statement because that's her personal preference, and she's entitled to it. I also didn't think that it was odd because she's a forty-year-old woman who's highly successful, where. The room she's in, the conversation she's having, the mindset she has is not is like a growth mindset. It's an ownership mindset. It's not about your salary. It's about the mindset, the mentality. Like people sometimes say, you know, the book Think and Grow Rich. You don't you don't grow rich just because you have money. You grow rich by your thought process. People can get fast money here and there, but it's more about are you does your does your mentality and your mind match your your wages. Mm. And I think a lot of the times, over time, if you are consistent with a way of thinking, you're, everything else is going to catch up to, to you. And I don't want to cut you off here, but I actually want to um, quickly jump in and reference something you said earlier about Jim. You brought up Jim Rohn. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the most important things I actually learned from him um, in my uh, growth journey. He had made a comment and said, I was reading one of his books, um, actually a compilation of all his mm-hmm. greatest uh, mm-hmm. speeches. And one of the things he said was, don't worry about trying to make more money. Mm-hmm. He said, worry about growing as a person and being yep. a better person. Yep. Once you put a lot of effort into who you are and your self-development, you're going to become someone that is incapable okay. of working at McDonald's. <laughs> you're going to be someone that's incapable of making, I don't know, 50000 Let me ask you this. Did that inspire you? When he said that, was, was that not it, inspiring? It, did you think... Oh man, why is he talking about about what's wrong with McDonald's workers? Did that did that right. even go in your brain? It it hit the nail on the head for me because that's the way I already thought, mm-hmm. and it was just additional confirmation right. that my the way I think, the way I look at life, is I don't want to say it's the right way because, I, I, you know, no, no, I don't, I'm not, I don't think I have all the answers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm still growing. I'm still learning. Mm-hmm. I'm not perfect, mm-hmm. um, but it just it resonated with me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of those things where, like, you have a belief system mm-hmm. and you don't know if it's right or wrong, but that's just how you feel. And then something almost like confirms yep. um, that belief that you already have. Yeah. So hearing him say that was very powerful to me because it made it made so much sense. Yeah, it made so much sense. Yeah. And, and you know, the fact that you talked about it, it aligned with your belief system, <clears throat> if you had a limiting belief system, then you that would have gone right over your head. Yeah. But you know, you and I, I believe we've done things to expand because, you know, I don't think anybody should be static in life. You know, people, I believe in progression, right? Every, every year the world spins. It's not in the same spot. So just like the world spins and moves around, we should follow. Like we, yeah. We're literally moving around. So we yeah. should also have this mentality where nothing should ever remain the same in the sense that you should always aim to keep on growing, mm-hmm. always aim to be a better version of yourself. And then that way you would just see that you would just naturally progress to be to be the best version of yourself or at least get close to that. Um, so, yeah, when she said that, just like you said, you I didn't see anything wrong with it. And, and just to make sure everybody 
understands what you're referring to when she made the comment about when, she'd rather go. With, yeah, when she made the comment that she'd rather, uh, she would rather, um, if he owned the bus. She didn't say f the people who don't who are who uh, drive the bus. She just says if he owned the bus because once again, for me, based on her her mentality, the things she has interest in, the conversation she's having, I think that she would get turned on. She would the, the conversations would resonate better with her if this person is talking about hey, this is the deal I struck today. You know, yeah. this is how many buses. You know, this is this is the ROI. Like those kind of conversations that she'll be having with the owner are going to be slightly different. And if she was younger, I'm pretty sure she probably dated a bus driver if she was younger, right? Because when you're younger, you have less worries. You're not as uh, sophisticated as you are. I don't want to be... When I'm 21 and me being older, I don't want to be the same person. I want yeah. to be a more mature, um, better version of myself. And I think everybody should aim like that. But I don't know, do we encourage people to... Um, to shoot for the stars. I don't know because the, the backlash that I saw was most guys, it's ironically it was the guys, most guys were were upset. They're like, why is she saying that? Does she not know like, you know, her daddy this and her black people this? And I understand like it's not been a, I don't want us to go too much into the race part, but it's not been a um, even real for everyone. So I understand that you're going to have circumstances where you are not given the same opportunity and um you know, having that context in mind is, is you have to empathize with people who have not been given the same opportunity, who are bus drivers. You have to be empathetic to them, but at the same time, you also have to like encourage them. Like she talked, she she said that it's disproportional that black people occupy the um, those low-paying jobs at a disproportional rate, and there's a lot of history behind that. And, and I don't want us to get into the history because we know that's a, a separate conversation. But she wanted to inspire. Her whole thing was, we need to, you know, elevate and, and become better. And I'm like, I, the message overall for me. Here's one thing that I like to always go to: people like to get caught up with words. And this is something that I notice in, in this day and age. We get wrapped up in the words that someone uses, and we lose sight of the message that they're giving. Yeah, because we, we like to play the uh, gotcha game. Exactly. Gotcha. He, she said yeah. this, or he said that. Gotcha. You're this. Whereas, and then you lose your, we've lost. You the, lose the whole point of the what whole they were point. trying to You've say. You lost the yeah. audience, and they're no, they're no longer following you. But I like to always pinch myself as I'm talking to always remember, like, what is your message? Because I don't want to get lost in the sauce. I don't want people to, like, pick out the words that I'm using and then forget the message so I, i'm always gonna backtrack and be like okay yeah. the overall message here you know as far as you know, conveying what you want to convey is what i'm trying to say is overall the summary of what i just ranted about was i think it's important for everyone to try to be the best version of themselves and elevate and if her saying that to you made you upset well take a look in the mirror and say I, I was, <laughs> Are you, or maybe maybe you're not looking in the mirror and trying to be the best version of yourself, so you're upset. Rather than be upset, I are you. What, what are you doing to be the best version of yourself? Like that's simply what it is. Absolutely. Try to be the best version of yourself because you can't tell me it's. Maybe I'm wrong, but you can't tell me it's the American dream to be a, to work at McDonald's. Yeah. You know, it's it's a it's a transitional job. It's not a career. Yeah. It's, it's something that people have to do. It's a means to an end. So you can then go do something else. So you can do go. I've done so many things in the past that I didn't want to do. 
but it was a means to an end to to then get me to achieve the things that I want to achieve. Yeah. No, that's a that's a that's a lovely way of of breaking that down and I don't know what the right answer is. I don't know if it's uh if it's a societal thing or if it's uh, like a mentality thing like you said or if it comes down to how we're raised and the reason I, I bring that up is because I was talking to someone a couple uh, days ago and I told her that I um, went to art school and um, she told me that oh that's so cool my daughter she really loves art and um, she wants to be um, an artist and I stopped her there and I said, well, before you support your daughter's dream, I'm sure, you know, you should. But before you do that, you should make sure she's aware that if she wants to be an artist, she's not going to be making a lot of money mm-hmm. or not all artists. You know, some artists make a lot of money, right, but right. for the but most in part, general, in yeah. general, yeah. Yeah. We, we have to speak in general terms. Sometimes. Exactly. Yeah, that's how you make sense of the world. You oh, absolutely. Speak, yeah. Absolutely. And I told her, well, if, if she wants to be an artist, that's great. But at the very least, make her aware that, um, there's not this the likelihood of her making a lot of money is not there and that's that's still fine because life is not about money exactly but the point i was trying to make to her was what does your what type of lifestyle does your daughter want because if she wants to travel the world and have experiences and live life to the fullest not to say that you can't live life to the fullest without money Mm -hmm. but in general Mm -hmm. you need money for that Mm -hmm. and there's an being an artist going to get you there? The answer is no. And she agreed with me. And she said, yeah, I actually agree with you. So I've been telling her to look into dog grooming and, and become a dog groomer. And <laughs> I'm like, just like, <laughs> and in my mind, I'm like, huh? a dog groomer? <laughs> That's the, what you're telling a daughter? Huh? <laughs> exactly. So to bring things back to full circle, the reason I, I, I just talked about that example was because these quote-unquote bus drivers i'm not putting everybody in a basket but are we as just a human species right are we getting the proper guidance from our surroundings are we getting the proper guidance from our friends from our families like are we getting that type of guidance because most people need some form of guidance not everyone there are people out there who can rise Mm -hmm. and be conquerors and Mm -hmm. they don't have any help they come from nothing and they still make it happen Mm -hmm. You know, I don't mean to cut you. No, you're not. Go go ahead. You know, one thing that you and I talked about talked about right before we hopped on the mic was I was like, hey man, when I talk to you, you you always make me expand. You always you always make me reach higher. Like I I'm thinking I'm reaching high, then I talk to you like, damn, I gotta reach higher. Like, you <laughs> encourage me. You you, yeah. you motivate me. There's a competitive spirit there. We're like, oh man, if he can do it, I can do it. If he wants to reach there, I can reach there. Yeah, I appreciate some, that. And, and I've been you know I I grew up as an athlete. I played sports, so I've always had this competitive nature. But people around me, you know, the saying is the old saying, you're, as, you're the average of the people you hang around with. And you know, so if I'm hanging out with people who are shooting for the stars, I'm going to want to shoot for the stars. Yeah. You know, if someone has a limiting belief and they think that the most they can do is be a bus driver, hell yeah, we're offending them. Yeah. Hell yeah, you're like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, this is, this is it for me. Like, I, I don't see any other path. So why are you coming at me? Like, if I'm a bus driver, and this is how I think, I'm going to be hella mad about what yeah. I'm saying right now, listening to what I'm saying. Absolutely. Because I'm, like, offended and I'm triggered. Like, why is this person trying to down me? And she even used the word, she, she said these people are work. she didn't call them average, she said they're working average jobs. And that even pissed them off even more, because if, like, once again, if you're a bus driver and someone's telling you you're average, 
That's how you translate it. But she said, the job is average. You might be the best person in the world. You might have the best energy. Your energy could be unmatched compared to any, everybody's unique. We all have our own individual energy. But to, to equate a job to be, to define you is another thing people, people a lot of mistakes people make. Mm. Like I know a lot of people who, their job is what defines them. Mm. But your job is not what defines you. Their job mm. is just something that you do. And, you know, if you're lucky enough to, you know, be encouraged by the people around you to have you shoot for the stars, then you keep on reaching higher and higher. The analogy I gave you when we talked offline was playing tennis. Like, if I'm hitting the ball in this direction, I don't think I can hit it there. And I see you hit it hard or you, you, you get a nice serve. I'm like, okay, let me try that too. If I throw a ball into the dark and I don't hear anything come back, maybe I'm scared to go, right? So there's, there's a lot of things where people would be scared, because it's scary. You don't if you people fear what they don't know. And if I don't know that anything else other than what I do, and you're coming at me, I'm gonna scratch and scream and, and pull hair because you're coming at me and I don't know what else to do. Yeah. And, I'm not, and, and, and you're limit. You're, you're diminishing me, which is how I would feel if I was no absolutely a driver. So you gotta understand it from their perspective too. Like, and and guess what? We talked about society. Where's the value? What values are we teaching people? Mm. So when you bring it when you bring it back to like an actual skill that people have, you bring it back to what are you beyond your job, beyond you know mm. social media. People lose their identity. Yeah, they lose their identity, and so they now hold on to their job as to define them. But that's yeah. not what defines you. And I love that you even came back to value as well, because, and I just want to say like value for people listening isn't necessarily about. You know, you don't have to be making the biggest difference in the world, right? Mm -hmm. But at, at the very least, in your inner circle, mm -hmm. what value are you bringing to your inner circle? Mm -hmm. You know, are you, it could be through just conversation. Yep. You know, are you... Or even are, listening. Just, or even just, listen, you yeah, don't yeah, listen, yeah, listen, even listening. Say nothing. <laughs> <laughs> just open Thank your ears. You. Thank you. That is a lost commodity. <laughs> I think one thing I've learned a lot, for sure, is a lot of times, nine times out of ten, people just want to be listened to. Mm -hmm. that's, that's it right there. that's it just sit down and have someone to talk to and they can talk to without judgment mm -hmm. that's not even necessarily going to give them advice mm -hmm. just listen mm -hmm. and I think it's it's something that we need to be more mindful of you know the, the power of listening the power of being able to provide value just to your friends mm -hmm. to the people that you love even to strangers mm-hmm um so there there's there's a lot there and to your other point about people uh I d thinking that their identity is their job unfortunately we don't live in a world where we um encourage people to live life on their own terms yep you know we modern day slavery mo modern day slavery nine to five you know it's <laughs> i always go back to this it's a societal construct it's like we're born into this world mm. And the path is already laid out for us. Yeah. And there's nobody that comes and taps us on the back and says, hey, this blueprint over here, you don't have to follow that. Mm -hmm. You can follow your own blueprint, you know? Yeah. And one thing I've noticed is a huge discrepancy, too, like in mentality, mm -hmm. especially when it comes to like parents. And I think I've made this comment before, but I've just noticed over and over and over and over again that most parents that think on a higher level or they're like they have businesses their kids really 
grow up thinking they're going to go find a job and work for someone mm-hmm. because their, their kid doesn't see their parents working. Mm-hmm. So if you don't see your parents working, mm-hmm. then why would you think that it's normal to work? Mm-hmm. If you don't see your parents arguing every day, like, why would you think it's, it's normal to argue? Right. If you don't see your parents fighting, or right, 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 you right. wouldn't think that's normal. So right, right. I think we need to also give a, like, a lot of, we need to shine a lot of light on how important it is, especially like younger ages, mm-hmm. what we see, what we experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I've only seen my parents argue once my entire life and I was like three years old and I remember Wow! Wow. and I remember I all I remember is I was a baby on the couch looking (laughs) I was literally like looking up and I saw my parents arguing and it's I still remember that so if I was three and I've only seen my parents argue one time and I still remember it just imagine yeah, what the collateral damage, the impact of people seeing that all the time. All the time. That's all they know. All the time. That's that's all they know. That's all they know. So again, going back, like all these the things we go through as kids and our experiences, either with our parents or with our friends or just in our surroundings, mm-hmm. makes such a huge difference. Yeah. You know, when my parents argued, the door shut, so I was like, A lot of was a shut door. Okay, and then that's that's what I that's the only argument. But you know, you're totally right about you know what you see and the impact. So now, now that we have, I would like to imagine that most people, the world has changed since post-COVID. Most people are now working from home. There's a lot of remote options. Yeah. Um, I think that there is a little turn where there is more of the family interaction of the past, even though people are still 100% working, mm. you know, nine to five, all that, they're working from home. I think there's more interactions now more so than two two three years ago where parents are i mean kids are actually seeing their parents and they can actually have a conversation in the middle of the day whereas before it was like hard and so i guess two questions for you if they're seeing their parents working but interacting with them and actually getting a little insight to what they do just because of obviously they're going to hear a conversation they're going to hear them talk about work do you think that that adds to this whole nine to five lifestyle or does that make it more like does it make it more does it does it create more of a balance in the kids vision of how work should be so essentially what i'm saying is i think that work-life balance is something that america struggles with Mm. and it's if you take your head off the steering wheel if you take your head off your work it's like get back and get back and do your work like you can't have fun. Yeah. No, 100%. <laughs> you got to go back and do what you got. Your task is waiting yeah. for you. No, um, it's true. Um, how do you think that's going to change now that more people are working from home? I think it just depends on how good the parent is. I think if you're a bad parent or if you're not the best parent, it doesn't matter if you work, if you're gone all day working or if you're working from home. It's To me, it's really not going to matter because you're going to be a bad parent mm. either way. I fully agree with you that we live in a society in America, especially where we put so much value on work. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize how much value we put on work until um, my exes told me that. So I have some of my exes are European. Mm-hmm. Most of them are. Mm-hmm. And time and time again, they would tell me like, all you guys do is just work in America. Like, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. And in spending a lot of time in Europe just over the years, one of the things I've noticed is they have such a strong family unit Mm. and they've put so much value on like experiencing life and building those family bonds. You know, 
I always tell the story about a time when I was in um, in Sicily, uh, and we were going out to eat. It was like lunchtime around 12 o'clock, and we stepped out, and all the roads were dead. There was literally no cars on the road, and it was kind of weird because we're thinking, well, where are all the cars? Mm-hmm. And we start driving, like looking for a restaurant. All the restaurants were closed. Mm. And at this point, like, we're getting worried, like, what's what's going on? Apocalypse. <laughs> Seriously, we're getting, it was just really uncanny. Yeah. We finally find an ice cream shop that's open. So we go in trying to figure out, like, what's what's going on? Mm-hmm. And we walk in and say, what, like, why are all the restaurants closed? And he goes, because they're, everybody's oh. at home. <laughs> and we're like, what do you mean everybody's at home? Is something wrong? He's like, no, look at the clock. It's 12. And we're still, like, kind of confused. Yeah. And he goes, oh, you guys are American, so usually how it works here is at lunchtime, we actually go home (laughs) to our families. That's crazy. And we take lunch from life. Yeah. So they go away for a couple hours, and they come back and open a restaurant. But that's just, like, one example of how much um, effort they put into, like, Mm self-care, family, Mm -hmm. not overworking. Mm -hmm actually living and enjoying life and then we wonder why america has a mental health and we and we wonder why you know you know we're we're put in this machine this conveyor belt and you know it's it's not healthy and so i think but see it's it's i think it's going to be falling on deaf ears to find this balance maybe there's you know ai and different tools we can figure out a way to optimize but i feel as though that we're, we're, we're in this machine, we're, we're so deep into how we do things that it's, yeah. it's, it's almost impossible to turn the ship around or steer in a different direction. Once again, maybe with AI, that yeah. could like help you know, boost productivity and people would now use, save more time. Yeah. They're going to save more time and so they can get work done faster. Um, but obviously, it's, this AI is also going to affect a lot of people too, yeah. in a negative way. Too. Absolutely. If people who didn't shoot for the stars, people who didn't want to expand themselves, people who are fearful of their jobs because of the value, they're unsure of their value. See, mm. I put it back. They're unsure of their value because, you know, I don't want us to go too deep into AI. <laughs> <laughs> but I know that everyone can leverage it to be successful. Absolutely. If I'm a, I saw on TV, uh, the the Hollywood writers went on strike. I'm like, you guys are crazy. Why would you go on strike? This is an opportunity to yeah. write 20 movies in one week. Like, you're, you're outsourcing the difficult part, but you're still putting your creativity into which, mm. into the work. All right, okay, here's an example. We use a calculator. Everybody who does math, it does a math exam for the most part. I, I would like to even forget a math, forget about an exam. If I tell you what is 73 times 102 plus 9, do you know the answer? Absolutely not. Okay, I don't expect you to. I expect you to pull out your phone and Google it with the Google calculator or get a calculator right. and do it. There is no value in knowing that in this day and age. So we outsource the difficult calculation because we care about the results. If you know how to use a formula, if you know how to put the like you know what those numbers mean because those things are defined and you, it means something to you, then you have power over the calculator. If I didn't know what one plus one was, could I use a calculator the same way you did? Hell no. If I didn't know what the Pythagoras theorem was, if I don't know what, uh, how to calculate angles and what angles mean and cosine and sine and, and tangents, if I don't know what those things mean, I don't have the same power you have with the calculator. Right. You're going to destroy me with a calculator. I'm like, just go home. Yeah. Don't even try. <laughs> and then now, so I... I this is English language and other things 
having the benefit that calculators brought to mathematicians. So everybody now has the power to do those, to create formulas for their work and not outsource that whole long division and plus sign and cosine and tangent and still get the results that they want because now they've, they've taken the heart, the, the grunt work is out and now it's more about what you input. Yeah. The input is very important into your output. So not, like I said, I'm not a, I'm not a, I didn't go to to, to a theater school or film. I didn't study film in college or anything like that. So I don't have the language, the mentality, the thought, the, the linear thoughts, the creativity that a person who's getting paid millions of dollars in Hollywood has. So if I'm them and they said AI is available, I'm going to go put in all my ideas into yeah. this thing to generate what I want to generate. And next thing you know, I'm making all the cool movies for the year. I have the scripts for all, for for, for Chinese movies, for yeah. American movies, for Nigerian, like, oh, any movie it is, I'm now able to scale my creativity because I'm putting it into the calculator to get the results. I know what tangent means. Yeah. And with that analogy that I gave, like that person actually has the advantage. But they're going on strike because I think they're complaining that AI is going to take their, their jobs. Yeah. Because again, if you're smart, you would lean into it I'll give you one more example, if permit me. No, oh, please, please <laughs> keep going. You know, back in the day, there were candles. Hmm. What, what were candles used for? For light. Ah, let's go to the candle maker. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to give us light. And then electricity was discovered, or we, we made electricity. And so the value of a candle maker literally deplete, depleted overnight. Like, oh man, we can get electricity without blowing out the candle, and there's not going to be no fires being started. What do the smart candle makers do? They say, you know what? Let's start using the candles to have sense because now electricity is going to be the light form. Right. To stay in business, let's actually add some scent into this candlestick so people can use our candles to make their house smell good because the value of candles for light is useless at this point. Then those people stayed in business. The people who were having a candle candle uh the candle fighters they're like oh we have to fight back against electricity <laughs> the, imagine the candle fighters <laughs> the candle freedom fighters <laughs> imagine a world where the people who fought for candles won where would society be today if we said no we have to stop electricity it's going to take away the candle people's job where would society be will yeah. be it will be living like it's 19 1800 wherever whenever it was like it, we we have progressed so far because of the invention of electricity which created other avenues for people to make money, created jobs, created new innovation. So we can, I don't believe in stopping innovation. We've already let the genie out the bottle. We're not, AI is never gonna go away. Like electricity never went away. It's what propelled society to get to the next phase. Likewise, people are gonna be propelled by AI and we're gonna have to challenge ourselves to add new skills, to look at yourself in the mirror, ask yourself what value are you providing and then try to like, integrate with the, the, the society and it's happening right in front of our eyes and i think there's people who are fearful of it once again like candle people fearful scared but if you're smart you would lean into it and leverage it and be the best in whatever it is you do if you're a musician leverage that stuff if i'm drake i'm like hell yeah i don't have to like now i can outsource like okay let's talk about drake for a second <laughs> drake AI Drake songs are like, every day I go on Google or YouTube, I see a new AI Drake song. Now, Drake could easily say, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to file a trademark complaint and I'm going to you know, find you guys. You guys got to stop using my voice. Or he can say, 
How much am I going to get? And he can have a process where he approves people who use his voice. Not everybody has their own AI music. I go to your house. Michael, what song are you playing? You're playing your whole Drake playlist. And I've never heard this stuff before because you've added your own mix to it, right? But Drake makes money off it. He gets his proper attribution. He gets his credit for his voice being used. He approves that, okay, I don't want people to use my voice to talk about killing people. I want to use my voice to talk about love and joy. So he has to approve that process. Now, Drake is now scaling and sleeping every night and making money off people using his voice. And people are loving the song. Imagine uh, Spanish Drake. People in Spain are going to love Spanish Drake. Imagine Nigerian Drake yeah. speaking, it don't cost. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, everybody's going to have their own little mix that they use for yeah. these artists' voice. And I think, once again, if I'm an artist, there's going to be two groups of people, people who are fighting to say, no, you can't use my voice because that's my voice. Or they can lean into it and say, okay, I approve. Let me, let me make money off the money you make from using my voice. And I also have to approve the songs that you go, that, that you do. That way, yeah. they they don't get mad. They make their millions, and then the people who want to use these artists' voice to make better music than the artists, they have the freedom to do so. So yeah, I have a more uh, progressive view on AI and, and uh, the use of it. Yeah, no, and and that's a that's a beautiful soliloquy <laughs> that you just <laughs> that you just <laughs> that you just uh, put out, and and I actually agree with you on pretty much every level but the issue is actually i don't agree with you mm. and i don't not and I, and I don't not agree with you let's talk let's talk <laughs> so the reason i say that is because it feels like every time we've made a leap in technology the human species of like has oh. depreciated you know when we talk about nuclear fusion for example right we 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 came up with the atomic bomb and before we know it we we're blown up japan right mm -hmm. we 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 there's just so many examples where we've made progress even social media social media was supposed to be a good thing yep. look at where we are now where we have we're closest and we have more access to each other to each other than we've ever had in human history but we're the most depressed we're the most sad we feel the most distanced than we've ever felt. Like your mom, your dad, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your friends, they're just a click away. But why are so many people depressed and lonely? Dude, just to add to your point, I'm gonna let you know. Yeah, go ahead. I watched something yesterday, it said, that one of the worst, one of the things that is plaguing America right now is loneliness. Like that's one it's of the true. biggest issues is actual, alone. in the era of social media, of course, is the highest loneliness. How, what an yeah. oxymoron, right? It's And it's true because we're not, we don't value relationships anymore, even, and I, I can be guilty of that sometimes. So, like, I always try to catch myself and actually overcompensate by instead of texting, it's so easy. Just like, hey, how are you doing? Like, whether it's my girlfriend or my mom or my dad, mm -hmm. texting is way easier, but it's a lot harder to pick up the phone. It feels a lot harder, mm -hmm. but it's even better. I can text my girlfriend for five hours. Okay. I, I got two things to say. Sure, let me just quickly, okay. I'm, so I'm going to tie a bonus in it. No, no, you're good, you're good. <laughs> I can text my girlfriend for five hours, mm -hmm. but if she calls me or if I call her for like 30 seconds, that blows out those five hours of texting. That Just that human connection for just that split second, or well, same thing with my mom. My mom texted me today. Mm -hmm. She was texting the family, and then she called me later. It was literally, she literally called me for like 20 seconds. She was like, I would just call and say hi. But that call 
Way Me- meant more way yeah. than this entire week of texting already. We're, we're in Wednesday. That 20-second conversation, just yeah. hearing her voice, meant more. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so what I've been trying to do lately is just make an effort to, to resist uh, whatever direction we're moving in. We're, we're, more, we're more disconnected. Mm-hmm. I can think of all the people closest to me. I can, you, my girlfriend, my mom, my dad great friends, family. If I texted all you guys for like a month straight, I'd be depressed. <laughs> I'm serious. We could yeah. text every day for a month straight. I'd be yeah. depressed. But there's something about just hearing your voice. Yeah. There's something about hanging yeah, out yeah, for yeah. one hour, right? Yeah, for sure. These human connections, they're, they're there. Well, they're, they're a requirement for a reason, right? And as human beings in this human form, we're tribal. We're tribal animals. 100%. We need human connection that's why people go crazy that's why when you're put in solitary solitary confinement that's why it's punishment Mm. that's why that's why jail is punishment because you're away from the people you love of course you can talk to them on the phone but that step i feel like again to your point you i that's why i said i i agree and disagree right because technology is great but why does it feel like every time we make a leap in technology, we lose, we lose human, something? Human we lose something. Yeah. No, so, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. so there's two things that I'll ask or ponder upon, food for thought. Number okay. one, do you think, and this is going to be rhetorical questions. Okay. For a second, do you think that the reason why there's less of a human element is because of the technology or because of people, like, like let's talk about right now. Do you think if people were given the opportunity to work less, do you think that they would be more human with the time? Or do you think there'll be more, that we will still feel the effects of social media, the effects of the technology advancement, still removing that human element from their daily interactions? Or do you think that if we were able to give, let's say a month, let's just do a hypothetical test. Everybody now, for a whole month, no work. Still get paid, but nobody, nobody works. Are we going to still see that people will still be plagued with being lonely and not having it because they can't blame it on work. They can't say, I work too much. They can't say, oh, I'm always at work. So now, do you feel like that time that's now hanging around and this free time is going to be used to connect? I think that's a study that's worth testing. The second one would be, you you brought up a very, very good point. And, you know, as we progress as a society, we have to learn from our mistakes. We have to grow in all aspects and not just and have a holistic approach to growing mm. and so the point you make about you know being lonely less human elements with people as we make advancements in technology maybe someone needs to design as we have doctors right we have doc, medical doctors which i don't 100 percent believe in as far as the approach but we have medical doctors here to help us with our health that's what they're quote-unquote supposed to do we have fitness instructors supposed to help us with our fitness levels do we have any human? Do we have anyone teaching us how to be human? Maybe mm. someone needs to. Maybe there needs to be a new f- area for a job or for an industry where it helps you be be more human. Mm. It's a human thing where it it realizes the advancements we've made and the correlation between the advancements in technology and the impact on human beings and how more or less human we become and making it a study and then having people then design programs or workshops or just some level of interaction where we now tell teach people how to be more human because 
we're making us every time we get technology we become less human yeah. by default because we're doing things that are not natural right? i agree i like, agree like the internet is not a natural occurrence <laughs> you know it's we were we were in small villages back in the day we were in small tribes we human beings can only i think handle i forget the number but it's a small it's a really small of, amount small yeah amount of people because as far as connection as far but, as yeah. connection we're just not wired to be able to handle more than a specific finite number of, of connections They're, those aren't connections exactly you can't have a thousand friends it, or 500 in, friends or even a hundred friends exactly. like that's not so, yeah this so think about that you can't have a million friends but you have a million followers which yeah. makes you think those are your friends they're not right so once again we get more become more present at all times we're digital we're just digital being in the, in the internet world so we're less human. That's not a human being. Yeah. You seen a video on YouTube of, of uh, LeBron James dunking on someone. That's not a human being. You're seeing his digital digital image of, of him. And so, once again, if maybe the approach would be, let's learn from how technology has become so advanced and desensitized us and made us less human. And let's start to develop people and actually study it, treat it very serious and ensure that as we progress, because technology is always going to progress. I believe in innovation. As we innovate, as we progress, let's put a more care and attention into being more human so yeah. we don't forget what it is to be human. Because I think we are forgetting what it is to be human. I agree. I, I, I say hi to the guy next next to me. He panics because he doesn't know what hi means anymore because yeah. we've lost that human touch. No, I agree. I agree 100%. I, and I fully agree with you as well that um, I, I see a world where a couple of years from now, there are retreats just to hang out with people. Like, that's the whole point. Yeah. Like, you're paying thousands five, of five thousand of dollars <laughs> just to hang out. Yeah. Because we're going to get to a point where just we're just so disconnected and we're just sad all the time and depressed because we've lost that human connection. About the first point you made um, about if, let's just say, people worked less, if there'd be a difference. I think the answer to that is, is yes or no. I think there's going to be a, a very small amount of the population that would think, okay, I've always wanted to do this. This makes me happy. I've never had a chance to do it. Let me do this and, and live out my happiness, right? I also feel like there's going to be a, a huge segment of the population, probably like 90%, that actually goes deeper into depression because... More we, free time. More free time, but not even that because, like you said earlier, our, our identity is our job. Like we grow up. Mm being asked what do you want to be when you grow up yeah. and from a young age that's literally your identity it's like oh i want to be a doctor that's gonna be my identity i want yeah. to be a teacher a bus driver that's yeah. my that's my identity and the only way to break out of that if we work less is to have a sense of purpose mm. and the reason i say that is because i know someone who's a doctor and she's super intelligent and for years i would tell her why don't you start a business like you're you can make so much more. You're making good money now. I know you're happy. This is what you went to school for. But there's a side of life you're not seeing. And she just could not wrap her head around it. I've been, and the reason I was telling her this because I've had a chance to travel, see the world, have an ama amazing experiences throughout my life. So I've always known there's a different, there's a different life out there outside of work. work yeah. And she hadn't had those experiences. So she just could not fathom yeah, right, yeah. that she could be happy not working doing something else and one day she lost her job and she was out of work for like about a year mm. and she went on a trip she got with some friends she went on a trip traveled the world she came back and said i cannot fucking work ever again <laughs> like she finally saw the life 
what I've been telling her this entire time that like, look, I know you love your job. That's okay. You don't have to hate it. But at the very least, expose yourself to the other side. And to your point earlier about not working, I think that if more people or those people that stopped working um, were able to figure out what makes them happy, like what drives you, what gets you excited, what what um, makes you wake up early in the morning and, and like be happy. You know, there's so many things that define us outside of work that we never really get a chance to tap into. Yeah. You know, whether it's traveling, whether it's all our for cooking, yeah. whether it's just your love for being healthy. Yeah. That you never really get a chance to really experience because you're always working, you have kids, like yeah. just life. Life is just so heavy. Yeah. I, I think that, um, you know, we need to evolve the self-help to be a life help. Hmm. You know, yeah. because... You know, you and I, it seems like we, we watched, you know, the Jim Rohns, mm-hmm. the public speakers talking about how you can better yourself. When there was less of this technology, yeah, the most was pretty much in, internet uh, internet and Facebook. When you pretty had to much, post, yeah. When you, you had to go to your computer to go post on Facebook. Yep. Remember those days? Yep. Yeah. No, I do. Open your laptop. This is before the iPhone came out. Yeah. <laughs> and let me go post this comment on Facebook, <laughs> on the computer. <laughs> I can't even think about doing that. Anyway, um, I think that that self-help space there's pro- probably room for it to evolve into a life help where, or a human help where it just, once again, it, t- it touches on self-help because that's part of being human and it touches on the aspects that we're losing that are fading from this, this uh, invention of technology yeah. and progression. I think that could be a, a good, hey, man, let's go start this uh, industry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, and, and I love that you said that because now I have a question to actually throw back at you, which is, how do you get to this point? Like this is this feels like such a high level conversation, hmm. but like how do you how does somebody become who you are? Not necessarily be you in the sense of being you, but how does somebody how does someone work on themselves to become the caliber of person that you are, where they can see things from a bird's eye view perspective? Not they don't have to own a business mm-hmm. or they wouldn't have a lot of money or whatever, but how do they? get to a point where they can see life clearly and they're able to like delineate what's important what's not the things they need to work on the things they don't need to work on their friendship their friendships and they're they're in a sort like all the the things yeah. we've touched on today how how do you become that person well i'm going to give you the things that come to mind now uh i'd like to answer this question again in the future but i'm going to give you my answer now and 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 the first things that come to mind would be you know, part of what defines me, my, my DNA, how, how, I, how I operate, I care more about the message. Once again, I was talking earlier about I don't get caught up on what people say. I don't get caught up on how it's said. Sure, sure, I, I have those emotional responses the next person has when someone says stuff that makes me uncomfortable. But I know how to manage my, my level of uncomfortability. And I'm able to suppress that momentarily to get the entire message of whatever I'm listening to. Mm. So I'm able to... Get, gather information from multiple sources. Information gathering. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bullet point one. <laughs> Bullet point one. <laughs> information gathering. <laughs> yeah. So I'm able to gather information objectively with an open mind. Um, open mind is very important. Open yeah. mind. Very open minded to receiving things and then using my own thought process to analyze 
the situation, the, 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 the message. Once again, it's about getting a message. Now, what, what did this person say? I don't care what they said. What was their message, right? Mm. So being open to learning and receiving new message. I was obsessed with, I guess I've had a, a healthy level. Maybe it's, that's the wrong way to say obsessed because it's never healthy to be obsessed. But I've been very gung-ho about bettering myself. Like, I, I, I'm critical of myself. I've, I've taken a good look at myself in the mirror. I did back in the day when I was coming up. And I was like, okay, wh who are you? What do I want to be? And am I able to be critical of myself without putting myself down? Like, it's, you have to be able to evaluate yourself what you are. You, you can't... You can't control change or measure what you can't control or change what you don't measure right if i'm not measuring something like okay how was i today if i'm there's no feedback loop for my own behavior my habits mm. then i'm just going to be living life on like you said winging it we're just winging life so i became more critical of what are my habits i i was i was being more introspective to look at my life and how i did things so once again um gather information be honest with yourself like and then have a desire to grow and learn. Now, you know, I heard someone earlier talking about give what, give energy, put, take action on whatever gives you energy. Mm. And I think that's a good rule of thumb because there's some things that we can't explain with words, but there's some things that you feel like, oh man, like, you know, you know, in turn, inside of your body, like that thing is speaking to you, but you're too scared to take action. Why, why are you too scared? Okay, you're gonna stay scared. Scared money don't make no money, right? So you need to take action. You need yeah. to give that thing energy, even if it's you just taking, doing the bare minimum and whatever you felt gave you energy. Step one. That's step one. You know, I'll tell you this. One one thing that I did, I actually got into the habit of going for morning walks. Mm. The idea of a morning walk was so foreign to me, like many many years ago, because I'm like, hell no, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna wake up in the morning and go for a walk. Yeah. I'd rather go for a run. But the run was too hard. I couldn't even wake up in the morning to begin with. But I told myself, it just get up the bed. Step, I, I, I broke down a long process. Because it was very, to me, it was very long. Going yeah. for a mile walk. It was not even that much of a walk. I said, let's break it down. I woke up in the morning. Get up the bed. Get off from the bed. Simple. Step one. Okay, can, are, you, are you capable of doing that? I asked myself. I said, yes, I am. Then I got off the bed. Take a step forward. Are you capable of moving your feet forward? Uh, yeah, it's okay. And then that simple, you know, slow, like, like it's a very simplified approach of just breaking things down into small, simple, small steps, small, simple steps, made this grand task at the time very simple, where I'm out here with my eyes, like I'm, I'm internally like, damn, I can't believe I'm doing this. But I started taking action because I broke down complex ideas to me at the time into small, simple steps. So creating very small, simple steps into whatever action you want to take. If you want to become a guitar hero, if you want to become expert. a guitar expert, then, okay, go look up guitars. Yeah. If you want to become uh, anything you want to become, just take small, simple steps. Very, like you make it even three things you did today. Just go do three things today that are related to what it is, is that is giving you energy. Yeah. And just to quickly jump in to provide people with a reference point, because I love, love, love this point you're making. Um, the compound effect, it's a really, oh, really good book. Oh, I love the compound effect. That's... Dar Darren Hardy? Yeah, uh -huh. that book um, is literally what you're talking about. Another book that 
um, aligns with what you're saying right now is also called Atomic Habits. Mm-hmm. That's a really, really good book. Those two books combined um, are life, a life and a game changer mm-hmm. for someone that's listening to you right now and saying like, wow, that sounds like a good idea. Definitely check out those two books and you see exactly what Swallow's talking about. Mm-hmm. So yeah, go ahead. Yeah, man. Yeah. And then lastly, just hold yourself accountable. Like if you, I struggle with this till today too. It's something that's always a work in progress. I think no one is going to be absolutely perfect in anything I'm saying. So don't shoot for perfection. One mentality is progress towards perfection, right? It's like you're not always going to be perfect. Like you're not always going to make 100% of the shots you take, but at least take the shot. I know that sounds cliche, but the, the whole idea, true. the whole idea is just do. Fail forward, fail. I don't care if you fail, just do. And then by you doing, you're going to build that confidence, you're going to build your reps. And over time, you see the results. But you got to be accountable, and you got to be real with yourself, and you got to be objective in gathering information. If you're in the if you're in the I got you game, you're gonna lose. Yeah. Because you're always gonna miss the message. Yeah. But if you're in the okay, what was the overall message? Okay, I, I I heard him. He he raised his voice, but what was his message? Oh yeah, he I didn't like what he said in that part. But okay, what is his overall message? Yeah. If, if those things resonate and align with you, then I think there'll be a. Uh, positive results in your life yeah I, I love that and i love the comment you made about failing forward too there was a point in my life where this was about probably seven years ago where i just organically noticed that i was just constantly winning mm. and i noticed that every time i would fail i would learn something mm-hmm. when i when i won i didn't learn anything exactly and over time i was like i want to fail more and it sounds stupid, mm-hmm. but I started realizing that my failure, my failures mm-hmm. or perceived failures were connected to growth mm-hmm. and my wins weren't. Mm-hmm. And that's when I really realized the power of failure. I'll take it a step further. I'll take it a step further just to have a on that yeah. point. One thing that I noticed is that it's hard to own up to a failure yeah. if you're not used to owning up to things if you're not used to being accountable if if you failed but you're the they perceive you as oh you can't fail and because you create that environment where you can't fail and you always have to win then you would reject failure you reject accountability yeah. and progress we don't make any progress because you're just out here bsing around yeah. but no lollygagging you're lollygagging <laughs> by nigerian say, why are you lollygagging yeah. <laughs> yes yes you are Swala, why are you lollygagging around <laughs> But yeah, you're like you're lollygagging, and you're not actually being real. Yeah. And so, um, being able to be, to to accept failure, I think that's a big step that a lot of people yeah. struggle with. Like being okay, it's true. admitting that you are wrong. How often yeah. do people admit they're wrong? When was the last time you saw anyone admit they were wrong? I mean, in general, isn't it? Isn't it's it? True. It's like it's hard. It's people. It's it's a hard thing. So. That's part of it. Yeah. No, I, fu- I fully agree. I fully agree. Uh, uh, like I said, I... Feeling forward. Feeling... F- admitting yeah. you're wrong. Learning from the mistakes. Being transparent. Having some level of transparency. Yeah. Obviously, I'm sure people want to keep things private. It sure. It can't be always an open book. But being transparent enough is, is, is better versus not being transparent, being opaque and no one can see through you, then it's going to create... You know, people are going to be like, huh, what are you doing? It's going to create more questions and concerns. Yeah. And then um, people trusting you. Yeah. And, and trusting your decisions. Yeah. No, that's, that's, I agree. That's beautiful. And um, like you said, just don't be scared to fail. There's, there's really nothing wrong with failure. I think we've created this 
ideology that failure is a bad thing, but it's all about perspective, like everything else in life. Like, like I was saying earlier, when I win, when I'm, especially when I'm a streak, it's so weird because especially when I'm on a streak of wins, like hitting my goals, all this stuff, it's almost like depressing in a way. And then when I fail, I feel like Superman, like, yeah, let's fucking go. Like, no, I'm coming back. Yeah. Like that type of feeling. Yeah. And um, it's because I've learned over time that there's no fear in failing. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. there's there really is no mm-hmm. if, like it's just an illusion. It's, it's an opportunity, opportunity to get a learning opportunity. We're spending too much time together. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a learning oppor- just an opportunity guys, to get better. I know it sounds cliche, but it's really not, it's very yeah. it's it's not. It's it's a learning opportunity. You gotta be comfortable. Yeah. You have to be comfortable in the fucking dungeon mm-hmm. with the lions. Mm-hmm. Like who was who was who was it with the lions in the Bible? Was it David or it was Samson? Was this- uh, no. I think, was it? I don't. Uh, one of them. We gotta go. We gotta go. We gotta go read the Bible. Gotta go, read, go on, read your Bible. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was. You gotta be comfortable in the darkness uh-huh. and um, embrace embrace it, man. Yeah. Embrace it, and it's a journey too. It's a journey. People want to get there today. No, it's a journey. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm not telling you to go to go the long route, but. Enjoy the journey again. Yeah. There's beauty in the struggle. Not like I said. I'm not. I don't want you to go struggle. But there's that. That adds. That's your fuel. Yeah. That's the power of why. Why do you do what you do? Why do you get up every day to go do what you do? Because you got to be fighting for something. And if you're not fighting for anything, then you're gonna mm. be okay with being mediocre. You're gonna be okay with where you're at. You, you don't want to progress. <laughs> Been on bus ride. <laughs> don't say that. They want to come for me. <laughs> Hey guys, I did not say anything. <laughs> I did not say anything. Not, but no, it, it's that was that that layup was too easy. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. But I was gonna make a point too, and um, to complement the point you made earlier about failure too. Um, did you see the the video uh, about that Giannis did when no, they were asking about failure? Oh, I didn't see that. I saw a meme of it. See, look at look what I saw. Yeah, I saw yeah. Meme. I didn't so, actually see the thing. The, the, and the, the point he was trying to make was literally what we're both echoing right now mm. and his example was well this organization have been, has been losing for the last 50 years would you because the okay the question was the reporter asked and they lost it they lost the final game mm-hmm. they got bounced out of the playoffs and the reporter asked them so they had one of the best records if not the best record this season in the mm-hmm. nba and the reporter asked him you guys just got bounced out would you say this season has been a failure and he paused, he took a second, he said, we well, said a lot of things, but mm-hmm. one of the main points he said was, this team has been losing before we won the championship for the last 50 years. Would you say that's failure? No, we've been working and building towards this actual final you know, um, victory that we had mm-hmm. the, 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 when they won the championship. Mm-hmm. And the point he was trying to make was, every day you go to work, that you don't get a promotion. Obviously, you're working towards something, mm-hmm. right? Whether it's a higher salary, whether it's a promotion, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. If you don't get that promotion or that bonus or whatever, do you consider that entire year of work a failure? Mm-hmm. No. You're working towards something. Yeah. And that just that sentiment echoes the point we were making earlier about, quote-unquote, failing forward. Mm-hmm. If you don't hit your goals, if you don't get that girl, get that guy, get that job, whatever it is, it's, 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 a, it's, yeah, it's not failure if your business doesn't hit your revenue mark this this year or this quarter, whatever. It's not fail. You're working towards something, mm-hmm. and it's really important to view life that way yeah. because we're gonna have a lot of quote unquote failures that bruises. happen, yep. whether it's a divorce, 
whether it's a bankruptcy, bankruptcy, failed relationship, health issues, like they're just things that are going to happen in life that we have zero control over. And it's important to realize in those times that it's, it's okay. Just dust yourself off. Take a deep breath. It's important to trust in your habits, the the the, the ethics, the your your mentality, your 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 system of, appro- of appro- approaching things that would guide you through those tough times. And if you're not yeah. strong in who you are, if you haven't spent that time doing your self help, you know, building what you believe in, all those things, and those moments hit you, you're gonna like you're gonna be hit hard. Yeah. But, but when you have like that well, that system and a a better approach of handling adversity. It equips you to handle any adversity. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And just to kind of wrap things up, this has been honestly a stupendous <laughs> conversation. Really good podcast. Um, and just so you know, guys, this is his first. This is my first. Wow, hopefully, you blew, you blew it out the water. Oh, yeah? You blew it out the water. Appreciate that. Hopefully more of many. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not hopefully. It will happen. <laughs> um, but I just wanted to just kind of close by also echoing one of your earlier sentiments in the podcast. Um when you talked about having a, or the people you surround yourself with, mm-hmm. it's really important to have a really good support system too, especially when you're going through these failures. So important. Um, one thing I've learned in life is there's going to be a lot of situations more times than not where even your support system can't help you. Like there's nobody in life that can save you. You have to save yourself. You have to be your own Superman. But in those times, having a support system, people cheering you on, that makes a big difference. Maybe they can't help you. They can't pull you out the mud they can't help you stand up but the fact that they're there mm-hmm. rooting for you mm-hmm. through conversation mm-hmm. through spending time whatever it is that makes such a huge difference so whether whether your support system is just your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your mom or your dad or a, neighbor or friends or your neighbor or col- it could be your dog or mm-hmm. your cat um it's really important to surround yourself with the right people and put some effort into building that support system. So your homework after this podcast is to ask, look in the mirror, look at your phone and see, do you have any support system? Ask yourself, you the listener, do you have any support system around you? And if not, maybe, maybe you need to like try to get right. one, try, try to make one new friend this week. Try to make, try to hit up someone who you want to be friends with, but you guys are like going back and forth on, you just not as responsive. Try to build that support system because to his point it is very very, I can't stress it enough. Very important to have a support system to get you through life because we all need fans. Yeah, we all need people to, need people to cheer us up and cheer us on, and you know, shoot for the stars. Mm. Yes, <laughs> yes. On the, that was just a perfect. Game. On that note, <laughs> it's been a it's been a real one. It's been a real one. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, thanks, guys, for listening, and uh, until next time, Swala, I'm gonna let you close out. It's been great talking to y'all. I'm going to give you the sweet tones, baritones of my voice. (laughs) Y'all can tell I'm a comedian on the side. (laughs) This is the wrong podcast. (laughs) Oh, oh, my bad. It's the next one. (laughs) Anyway, no, it's been great. I have enjoyed talking to you guys. Um, I think we had a great conversation, and I'll see you guys soon. All right. Thanks, guys, for listening. Uh, Until next time. Peace. Peace.